Hello and welcome to The Lancet Podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Thursday, November the 5th. In this week's podcast, we're going to be discussing whether there could be a role for ultrasound in mammography screening for breast cancer. Earlier, I spoke to Professor Martin Yaffe, who is based at the University of Toronto in Canada, and he is one of the authors of a comment which reviews a randomized trial done in a Japanese population concerning the use of ultrasound in mammography screening. I began by asking Professor Yaffe to outline the basic design and main results from this Japanese randomized trial, which is called J-START. Well, this is a randomized control study, which was looking at the impact of adding ultrasound screening to mammography alone for Japanese women in their 40s. And the original plan was to randomize 100,000 women into either mammography alone for screening or mammography plus handheld ultrasound and to follow these women first to uh, observe the differences in cancer detection rate, types of cancers and specificity, and then on a longer term to link with the Japanese Cancer Registry to look for differences in breast cancer mortality between the two groups. Thanks very much. And what do we know about the difference imaging techniques here, ultrasound compared with conventional mammography, which of course is where x-ray images are produced? How do they differ at the sort of physics level and, and, and why could that be relevant, do you think, in the Japanese population? X-ray mammography has been used for screening for over 30 years and regular screening in women between the ages of, of 40 and 70 has been shown to help reduce breast cancer deaths. And this proof has come from both randomized trials and from observational studies performed in real-world screening programs. But the accuracy of mammography becomes less in women who have very dense breasts. And that means breasts containing a high proportion of fibrous or uh, glandular tissue. And this is often the situation in uh, premenopausal women. The problem really comes about because uh, mammography is a projection technique where the information through the three-dimensional breast is projected onto a two-dimensional image, the mammogram, and it's this piling up of structures in different layers of the breast that tends to make the image more complicated and may cause a cancer to be hidden among this fibroglandular tissue or may create a, an artificial appearance of a structure that mimics a cancer when in fact no cancer exists. So ultrasound images are based on reflection of high-frequency sound waves from structures inside the breast such as the normal anatomy or tumors. The quality of ultrasound images is not diminished in dense breasts as occurs with x-ray images because it's mainly the edges of the structures that cause these reflections and those edges are more clearly seen and density doesn't interfere with uh, their presentation. Ultrasound, therefore, has been used for many years for imaging breasts in symptomatic women after findings from mammograms show suspicious areas. And the purpose then is to ascertain whether these areas are solid structures like tumors or cysts, which are not malignant. Ultrasound has some other advantages. It doesn't require ionizing radiation or compression of the breast, but the exam is more time-consuming uh, than mammography. And training requirements for the staff are quite demanding and special skills in interpreting uh, these images are required. Asian women tend to have small, dense breasts, and that's one factor that suggests that ultrasound could be advantageous for screening those women.
And are there any other imaging techniques in addition to ultrasound on things of MRI, for example, that could theoretically be used for screening? Well, there are other imaging techniques that could be used for breast cancer screening, although some are still in the development or evaluation phases. Each has uh, its own potential benefits and drawbacks. So, for example, tomosynthesis, which is a sort of three-dimensional X-ray mammography, is being evaluated and used clinically to a limited extent at present. And it essentially provides images of the breast that appear as if one were paging through levels of the breast as one might page uh, through a book. And in this way, it reduces the effect of this overlap of tissues in different levels within the breast and makes each level more clear. And tomosynthesis appears to provide advantages over mammography in detecting cancers and also in producing fewer false alarms in women with moderately dense breasts. But it probably still won't be ideal in women with very dense breasts. MRI is um, magnetic resonance imaging, is very sensitive in finding uh, breast cancers. And it has been used for screening women who are at very high risk. Here in um, Ontario and Canada, we have a high-risk screening program where MRI is the central tool used for uh, cancer detection. But MRI is quite expensive. Uh, There's limited access in many countries, and it requires an injection of a contrast agent, which can cause toxicity in some women, and the specificity of MRI is still lower than ideal, so that it does produce a large number of false alarms that have to be investigated. Molecular imaging is the use of nuclear medicine for imaging via positron emission or SPECT cameras. And although it hasn't been evaluated in the context of screening, there are suggestions that it's very sensitive. Limitations, though, are high radiation dose, not just to the breast, but to other organs as well, and its cost. New targeted imaging agents are under development and testing. And then finally, probably the most potentially desirable approach might be a urine blood or saliva test. It would be a great idea for screening, but no such test exists at present. And after a positive test, it would still be necessary to image to localize the disease. But I see that this may be an approach that would be used in the future. Returning to the Japanese study, perhaps you could just reiterate the main finding and and then go on and comment on the pros and cons. I think you've already alluded to this. and, And presumably the fact that the women in the trial were relatively young and not at high risk of breast cancer. That's one of the strengths of the study, presumably. In this paper, the authors report that compared to mammography alone, the addition of ultrasound results in increased cancer detection rate with fewer interval cancers between screens, but reduced specificity. In the study, the readings from the two modalities are performed independently and women might be recalled on the basis of uh, a positive finding from either ultrasound or mammography. It's also found that there's an increased biopsy rate. Interestingly, most of the cancers found by ultrasound are either stage 0 or 1, that is, no negative disease. And I think that JSTART is a very important trial because it's really the first randomized trial of population screening with ultrasound. Women are randomized to be screened with mammography or mammography plus ultrasound, And the trial is carried out in young, uh, asymptomatic Japanese women who are at average risk for breast cancer. They haven't been pre-selected because of, say, suspicious findings from a previous examination. And in Japanese women, breast cancer incidence peaks earlier than in Western women, somewhere in the 40s. So 
I think this is a very interesting cohort, not only for the Japanese population, but also to draw more generalized conclusions as to the application of ultrasound in um, Western women. There are some limitations to the study. It was originally intended to recruit 100,000 women randomized to the two arms, and the trial accrued just over 72,000. So depending on the actual improvement in cancer detection, there may or may not be the ability to show a statistically significant difference in uh, mortality among the two trial groups. In addition, there are challenges in using ultrasound for screening. It does require more time to perform the examination. Currently, uh, there is concern about recalling women without cancer. In uh, North America, it's being described as a harm of screening. And certainly, when ultrasound is used, one expects more of these recalls where cancer is not present and more short-term follow-ups and biopsies will result from the use of ultrasound. So that certainly is one thing to consider as a possible limitation of the use of ultrasound for screening. We're a long way yet, aren't we, from being able to have changes of guidelines, policy recommendations, that sort of thing. This is the beginning of a new phase of research in this area, is that right? Yes, absolutely. Screening guidelines are driven in part by science, but also by politics. In other words, the commitment to preventive health strategies and economics. You know, what is the value of a life saved? And value systems, how do you balance saving a life versus the potential of false positive recall examinations? Ultimately, the, the screening guidelines end up being a compromise among these different forces. So I think the study is particularly important because of its mortality endpoint. Instead of just testing whether the combined screening strategy is more accurate in finding cancers, although that measure is, is an important one, the study aims to look at a more critical outcome. Will the screening strategy save more lives? And then, because adding ultrasound will result in more recall examinations, we have to look at the societal value, the one that often drives governmental screening policies. That is, is it worthwhile to have these recall examinations and perhaps additional biopsies in order to save those additional lives? Well, many thanks indeed to Martin Yaffe. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about this topic in the future. And thank you all for listening. See you next time.